and you're listening to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast. It's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. And my name is Jeff Milo. Joining me on the podcast today is Claire Dion, who is the Zero Waste Program Coordinator at the City of Ferndale. Claire has a considerable background in environmental science, as well as sciences around climate change, and has a degree in environmental studies and sustainability. And she got into her position here in Ferndale as our city's zero waste program coordinator in the spring of last year and launched a very successful pilot program for composting for residents. Residents were uh, able to uh, get these five gallon buckets with a lid and they were able to start learning about how they can reduce food waste and actually start turning that into composting. And we are really talking a lot about how our ideas around what we're doing with our waste are really evolving. In the past, we thought recycling was just fine. That was all we needed to do to save the world. But there is so much more we need to be doing to save the world and so much more about our everyday lifestyles that we need to consider, whether it is our trash that was going away or the food that we're throwing in our trash or what's happening to the plastic after we put it in our bin or what even what's happening to uh, our clothes when we sometimes throw our clothes away. And let's not really be as wasteful as we have been and let's start thinking about how we can be more conscious about our impact on the environment. That's what we're here to talk about. And this is a new position. We have Claire Dion, who is helping our city learn more about how to have a zero waste lifestyle. We'll be having a event here in the late winter on sustainable mending that will have Hook and I here. We're gonna have some information about that in the show notes. We'll also have some information about the pilot program about composting and whether you wanna learn more about composting, we'll have some links there too. But we're just here to talk and get to know Claire and get to know everything that she does in her new role here. And we'll hear more about her future plans in the year ahead. Here's our chat. I'll come at it as being a child of the 90s and the three R's were driven home, reduce, reuse, recycle, and that whole iconography of the three arrows making a triangle and turning in on each other uh, is imprinted on my brain and the importance of recycling was just driven home and it's Mm -hmm. something I carry in my heart. But over the, I don't don't know, for me, maybe over the last... 10 years, this phrase of zero waste came into my lexicon, and and maybe it isn't even exactly coming into everyone's lexicon yet, so uh, basically we could just start there, as general and as broad as it is. You're the zero waste program coordinator, uh, but let's let's talk about what that really really means. Not your job, but just the whole notion of, of zero waste and zero waste lifestyles. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot to cover, and when it comes to definitions there can be you know personal interpretations there's definitions that are specific to individuals lifestyles and then larger overarching definition that talks a little bit more to both policy and the systematic change Mm -hmm. there's actually an official definition that was adopted by the zero waste international alliance Mm -hmm. which is kind of this body of zero waste information that, you know, people or governments, municipalities, anyone can look to for education and guidance in terms of zero waste, because it is a little bit more new, especially on the governmental level. So their specific 
definition actually states that zero waste is the conservation of all resources by means of responsible production, consumption, reuse, and recovery of products, packaging, and materials Mm -hmm. without burning and with no disregard to land, water, or air that threatens the environment or human health. So it really focuses on that environmental aspect, of course, with people being involved as well, because we don't want to harm the environment, but of course we don't want to harm ourselves and things like landfills, things like incineration and burning our trash is really harmful to human health and has a lot of toxicity around it. So yeah, we're seeing an expansion of the consciousness of it. What I'm getting at is being in the nineties, seeing those triangular arrows, it was, I guess, a victory enough if we were asking people to put the piece of plastic into a bin. And the element to that is the uh, whoever was doing it, it, it becomes a bit out of sight, out of mind. I feel good that I put this into the bin. I have no idea what happens to it. And we that's been a whole other thing, another topic that has come up. We don't exactly know where our recycling is going. But can you talk about how zero waste is and 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 dedicating oneself to it uh, requires just a, a bit more a bit more of an effort, I guess, uh, a bit more of awareness about what we're actually doing, about how it has to go. It just has to go further than putting something in a bin, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and recycling in the industry right now, the kind of hot topic is that recycling won't save us, right? Recycling is not the end goal. Recycling isn't the end all be all. We need to do more. And whether that more is being able to compost our food waste or that more is reduction in terms of consumption and not producing as much waste, whether it be food waste, the consumable side or with products. And it's beyond the the recycling portion, which is why, you know, the three R's, the reduce, reuse, recycle, we really drove home that recycling portion for many years, but the reduce and the reuse are just, is, if not more important, honestly, than the recycling portion. Right. And we, we tend to forget about those, that the, the first two R's, they're there for a reason, and we really need to expand our knowledge and learn more about them and decide how they function in our everyday lives to really help the whole process function. Yeah, I, in fact, remember, uh, and I'm not trying to get any of my old teachers or whoever was giving me unintentional misinformation, but again, harping my my life as a child in the 90s, I remember the perception being that reuse was simplified because the plastic water bottle that you throw in the bin will be turned into a new water bottle. So that makes reuse redundant. You'll just buy that new water bottle later because it is the end result of your recycling journey. So who cares mm-hmm. about reuse? But reuse is is a, a lot more obvious than that. It is you physically are reusing something. And maybe this is the opportune time to bring up something very local in that we have cool new stores like, uh, what is it, Walking Lightly, which I don't, I'm not asking you to give a commercial for that store, but maybe if I asked you to actually explain what that whole concept is all about, then it epitomizes reuse, doesn't it? It's the canvas bag thing too, isn't it? Yeah, stores like um, like Walking Lightly in our own community, they're refill and reuse stores where you can bring your own containers and they have a, containers to purchase there as well that you can utilize products in bulk. So yeah. instead of buying your 
shampoo and conditioner in a separate plastic bottle every month or so from the grocery store, you can buy a bottle one time and continue to go back to a store in your own community and just refill it and refill it over and over and over again. That's reuse. Exactly. And it really goes back to, like you said before, with the recycling, the recycling was really pushed. We must have just been so excited about the fact that we could recycle now because the technology was <laughs> was new and we, we, you know, were really excited about it that we forgot about this reused portion, especially because you gave the example of water bottles. Mm. And water bottles are very highly recyclable. They're, you know, it's it's fairly easy of a process to turn a water bottle back into a new water bottle because there are other materials that are very difficult to recycle and the product or uh, the process isn't quite as simple. Mm -hmm. But even with that water bottle, it takes so much time and energy to transform it back into another product. And so if you can negate that whole process and just reuse something before it even gets to the recycling phase, you eliminate having to use all of that extra, all of those extra resources. Yeah. Can you tell me um, a bit more about about your background and how you wound up where where you are? And and I just want to throw in this comment that uh, it was about two or three years ago that our own library hosted a program on on attaining a zero waste lifestyle. It was hosted by just an average citizen who was giving us enlightenment. But now here we are, three or four years later, and it's in our city government, which is just fantastic. But also, I guess, a sign of the times. Um, so tell me about how you wound up here and and a little bit about how this is the sign of the times. Yeah, well, I can go into my my full story. Yeah. <laughs> which is really that I, you know, found a love for sustainability um, in my early years of college. I went to Michigan State University and graduated with a degree in environmental studies and sustainability. Cool. Um, with most of my focus on community food systems. And I really just have a passion for creating community programs that will help residents of any community, whether it be urban or rural or is somewhere in between, to have access to programs that allow them to participate in sustainable activities without making their lives more complicated or more expensive and a lot harder than it needs to be. (laughs) And so that's my goal. Um, I also spent a few months living in the Netherlands. Um, I attended, took some classes at Wageningen University, which um, is the most sustainable university in the world. (laughs) And for the fifth consecutive year now, they've kind of gained that title of most um, most sustainable university in the world. And that was an incredible inspiration to me just in terms of the sustainable achievements that they have and the amount of programs that are available to the communities there. Unfortunately, I had to return home to the United States due to the pandemic. That was kind of right in that time. Wow. Um, but I knew that I wanted to take what I had learned and expand it into Michigan communities because I think we have a great community of people and of resources, but, you know, we still have some improvements to do in terms of recycling and composting and waste reduction. And there's a lot of room for growth, which yeah. is a which is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So I found this position at the city and I, I started in April. I'm so happy to be wow. working with the city of Ferndale. We've got a great city council, a great mayor that are super supportive in our climate endeavors, whether that be zero waste information or a lot of our other sustainable policies that we want to improve upon. And so we're so lucky to have them being so supportive as they are. Yeah. And um, like you said, this position is, it's a great one because you might not think about it, but waste really is everywhere. We, we get it from 
our individual households. We've got waste and recycling coming from our businesses, whether that be restaurants or, um, or stores. We've got our, our municipal waste from our city buildings and, you know, all of it adds up. So mm-hmm. really creating plans in place to increase our recycling goals, to have composting available to residents and to businesses are all things that, you know, we strive towards. And I warned you it was going to be hard for me to resist, like, pondering the whole history of waste management, but I have to believe that it starts with that simple concept of waste management, and in its purest form, it, in, a, in a civilized society, quote-unquote, it probably means, let us get the garbage off the streets, right, and get it somewhere, and that somewhere is usually a landfill. And then as it evolves, we get into recycling, and then here we are, this next evolution of this this compassion for the environment going beyond let's just get garbage off the street and actually uh, maybe ask the question it because we're it gets into our doesn't this also get into as i ramble at you our carbon footprint it gets into making sure we aren't having an impact on the climate as much as we already have had it is it's very global in scope isn't it it is maybe just our backyard or our kitchen but it's it's thinking globally isn't it oh yeah yeah i mean the waste comes from everywhere, and I right. think for a long time we put the, put everything in a landfill because it was convenient. It was the solution that we knew about at the time, and maybe we focused on landfills for a little too long before we started discovering other options. But our our waste habits and our consumption has skyrocketed, you know, through the last few decades. So it wasn't necessarily something we had to think about because we weren't running out of landfill space as fast as we are right now. Yeah, again, out of and, sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah, it can be really tough. And like you said, it's important in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, Landfills will reduce, um, will produce methane gas, which contributes to climate change and the warming of our atmosphere. And something the city is committed to is uh, in July of this past year, well, now we're in the new year, in July of 2021, uh, city council passed a resolution to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions by with a target of 62.2 in 2030 and have complete carbon neutrality in 2050. So in order to work towards those goals, there's a lot of things that can be done in terms of electrification and having more energy efficient buildings, but waste management is also a part of that too, reducing our waste that's going to landfill and instead reducing the amount of waste, recovering that waste to turn it either into new products, which can then hopefully be used again and again, uh, and composting our food waste, which food waste is a, a large problem both in Michigan and just in the U.S. overall. And it's something that we see happen in households and in restaurants, unfortunately. And um, there's really not a, a secure plan to have an outlet for all of that food waste to go as of now. It's something that the state is working on sure. uh, to make sure that we have policies that we can be that can be put in place to you know have everybody composting all of their food waste. Yeah, I just keep coming back to that, that whole out of sight, out of mind situation. If you're just walking through grocery store or you see a restaurant, you're like, where does all this food go? You've got to start thinking about that. Um, But let's talk more about Ferndale. You came on to uh, my radar around the late summer or autumn-ish. There was, can you tell me about this, this pilot program that we did? It was a, people were getting um, compost barrels or something like that. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we launched a compost pilot program in November Mm -hmm. of last year, and that was grant funded through Next Cycle Michigan. And they were able to provide us some funding to work towards this pilot. It's a year long project in which 
We distributed compost buckets to 400 residents in our community, and they collect their food waste each week and take them to one of our five drop-off locations that we have throughout the city. Um, four of them are in the parking lots of city parks, and one of them is in the parking lot um, in our downtown area. Excellent. And Excellent. this year-long pilot will help us uh, study how the program is functioning and lets us you know, provide education to those that are participating to make sure that they know the ins and outs of composting and all that they can and can't compost. And it's been really interesting um, to see how it's been going so far. When we originally released our um, sign up in October, we were met with extreme excitement about the program. And we saw that our original 250 um, participant spots were actually filled up within 24 hours <laughs> of us releasing the program, which to me, I mean, I was just over the moon excited. I'm just so happy that everyone wants to participate in a program like this because it shows that you know, not only do we need it for the environment, but we see a demand for it from our community and from our residents. They they want to be sustainable. They want to make the correct choices. And with a program like this, it might even mean learning a new skill, developing a, a new system inside your home. You know, it we're so ingrained in our routines to just always put our food waste directly into the into the bin. You know, every single time you prep a meal um, or are finished with the meal and you have some leftovers, instead of saving those, they can just get scraped off right into the trash. Um, of course, we know that food, uh, kids like to sometimes produce extra food waste because they're still getting <laughs> used to new flavors, new textures, trying new things. And um, it's kind of inevitable. All of us are going to have food waste in our homes. <laughs> and, you know, they're taking the food waste and instead of putting it in the garbage, they're collecting it into these five-gallon containers and either driving it or walking it to one of the compost drop-off areas where we have these um, large carts that collect all of our food waste that get hauled away once a week and turned into compost eventually. So it's a really great circular program in which the compost stays local. The, we create the compost right in Ferndale and then our compost facility, um, we partner with Migraine Michigan, who's their facilities out in, in Wixom, Michigan. And then the compost stays pretty pretty local and gets delivered to, to farmers to help grow the next set of crops, which exactly. then will create the next set of food that we'll be using. Exactly. It's that whole concept of what I was told as a child. You're going to put this water bottle into a recycling bin and it'll magically get remade into a new water bottle. I can create this compost and it goes away. Let's say I throw away a tomato and then it goes in there in the bucket and then becomes compost and then it grows a new tomato. And then me. <laughs> And that's where the comp where composting is the ultimate goal because yeah. when food is thrown away, unfortunately, it ends up in a landfill, and right. because of the the process of a landfill, the food can't break down properly. And instead of breaking down and turning into soil, it turns into the methane gas, which I think is a big misconception in terms of our trash. I mean, we've we're not taught taught the details to know right. exactly how everything works, but. I think it's easy to think, oh, well, if I throw food away, at least it'll it'll break down in the landfill. At least it'll, you know, break down and turn into something. But unfortunately, it just it just doesn't. It does. It doesn't have the same process that it does when you're composting and turning it back into a rich soil amendment that can be used to then grow all sorts of crops. And it's, you know, extremely nutrient dense, extremely healthy for plants. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we in the months ahead, at some point, we definitely want to be having our own zero waste programs and workshops here at this library. And in fact, one we're already looking at is this this other even non food related, not even necessarily trash centric 
aspect of it, we're going to be looking at sustainable mending. And that's actually looking at our uh, the aspect of clothing and how that can, because I've, there's just various facets of a zero waste lifestyle, isn't there? So we'll be having a local business like Hook and I here um, in the late winter to, to talk about that. And uh, aren't you also hoping to do workshops of, of this nature, sort of educational workshops? What's what, yes. what are your plans for the year ahead? Yeah, well, I'm excited to participate in the sustainable mending workshop as well, just because I think that really ties well into the both the reduce and the reuse R's of our three R's, um, just helping make our products last longer. I yeah. mean, I think that's something that we can all be doing a little bit more of. I think it's really easy to say, oh, well, this has a hole or this broke. Let's just get rid of it, get a new one. Right. Goods are so cheap these days. It's sometimes cheaper than to replace something than to fix up something else. So I'm excited to learn some some new skills during that workshop, um, sustainable mending, helping my clothes last a little bit longer. <laughs> and in terms of other workshops, we, we'd love to teach more people about the Plan Natural Landscape program that the city has in which you can plant native plants on your landscape to help uh, absorb stormwater, help with pollinators, and really create uh, a natural ecosystem in your front lawn that is super healthy for the environment, and they can be really beautiful. That's great. So having a, a workshop in which we can teach residents um, some skills on how to start their own plan natural landscape is a goal of mine, as well as teach residents about stormwater solutions. We've seen some pretty severe flooding happened in Ferndale the few, last few years. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be going away. I think we're going to be seeing increasing amounts of flooding each season and teaching residents some tools that they can um, use on their property to help with uh, some flooding concerns, whether that be rain barrels. Rain barrels are a great option um, or the plant natural landscapes can help as well. So that's great. teaching about stormwater solutions is another huge passion of mine, not directly related to zero waste, but I mean, it's all kind of connected. <laughs> that's great. Um, and then lastly, I, I guess I would just like to hear, you know, whether or not you've had to come up with any phrasing like this. Do you, because this is kind of growing pains to educate everyone about the importance of a zero waste lifestyle. Uh, it was growing pains to get everybody on board with recycling again, back in the nineties, but I think think there might be, and I'm sure you know, there's probably uh, some sort of hesitancy or maybe an intimidation factor because it requires a few extra steps, a little more work, a little more uh, thoughtfulness that goes into this beyond just the, you know, toss it into the magic brown box or the magic green bin and call it a day. Uh, do you, you, have you had your, any conversations with people where you do have that, you can do this pep talk with them? <laughs> Um, or if there are anybody out there listening who is like, oh, I just don't know if I can do it. It sounds like too much. Yeah, I think it's important to stay motivated yeah, and yeah. Uh, to really spread the positivity because, you know, sometimes all we see around us is, is doom and gloom. <laughs> so, you know, really empowering people to make their own decisions and give them the education that they need to feel like they know exactly what they're doing and they can make progress on their own is something that I strive for. I just want to help people learn more so that they can do more and you know small steps in the right direction are still steps so it doesn't you know you don't have to change everything overnight you don't have to change your entire lifestyle but even just as simple as learning something new then at least you're aware right and even if you don't take the step to turn it into action right away then maybe you can turn it into action when you're a little bit more ready or have the means to or have the time so you know if we're just sponges and we can 
learn more and really use our creativity because that can be something that's really big in in the zero waste space you can turn products into into something new you know if you have something it can be used for a purpose that it never even intended to and sometimes that just takes a little bit of creativity thinking out of the box and um it's a community effort you know we can really all help each other to to make change like this happen exactly that it is a community community effort i was just thinking in my head the studies always show the more of us who in, endorse these practices the bigger impact it has whether it's you see that those stats everywhere if you walk more or if you maybe eat less meat or anything all these small steps if they add up and the whole community does it or the whole global community does it um because you know going back to that we don't want to be doom and gloom but there 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 is urgency to this because yes there we're we're living in um when it comes to concern for the climate we are living in very extreme times and yeah and it's a serious thing and i think that that's another reason why I'm so excited that my role is here now at the city is that I can hopefully take a little bit of pressure off of some individuals because as individuals sometimes we feel like every action that we do is make or break for the environment but really I mean that's how I felt a lot of through my undergrad and I felt like I had no power to change anything and I felt like I I was never doing enough but you know when we have roles in whether it be municipal government or the state government that we can, you know, really create these policies and make a bit more systemic change to help create even more sustainable habits on a on a larger scale, you know? I mean, we don't want to put all the pressure on just the individuals. It's it's really the whole system that needs to improve and progress and and change. Right on. Claire Dion, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been so good to talk to you. I know this was really fun. And that was our chat with Claire Dion, Zero Waste Program Coordinator for the City of Ferndale. It is all about sustainability, it's all about reducing our impact on the environment, and it was so great to talk to her. We're looking forward to a future event here in late winter on sustainable mending with with Hook and I, a business uh, located right across the street from the library. That'll do it for this episode of A Little Too Quiet. It's the Ferndale Library Podcast. And it's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. The music at the opening and closing of this episode is by local musician John Duffy. To support this podcast, you could go to ferndalefriends.org or you could like or subscribe or leave a comment or recommend it to a friend. If you have someone out there who wants to learn more about sustainability and you think they might enjoy this chat, share this episode on social media. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.